Hello and welcome to another episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Schnitzel and I'll be covering the post-game show for today. So before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the tribute that Bayern Munich paid to Jörg Müller before the game began. Jörg Müller was an absolute Bayern legend and he embodied everything Bayern values. Mia San Mia, the core principles, the Bayern DNA and all the ideals Bayern stands for and stood as a pillar for the club till the very end of his days. And he was a gem of a man, he was a gem of a personality and an outstanding football player. Like he was one of the best ever strikers, if not the very best to ever grace the game. And it saddens me deeply to even acknowledge his passing away because of how influential he's been for my club. But I suppose a part of him will always live in our memories because his exploits will never die, forever Jared. And with that tribute, I'd like to begin today's show. Bayern started the game on a very, very slow note. And you could say that it was a tale of two halves. One player that kind of embodies the entire game in a way, like represents the entire game, was Serge Gnabry. And you'll see why I say that as we progress, so stay tuned. Bayern started the game on a very slow note and the football overall was very lackluster. The players looked out of sorts and the passing was just way too shoddy. Like so many misplaced passes, so many giveaways and possession was given away in our third of the pitch multiple times. I'd say that Upamakano had a pretty solid game overall like I was very impressed with his defensive awareness and he put in a lot of solid tackles and a lot of solid interceptions and blocks so he was a player that really impressed me today and uh, his partner Zule was also pretty strong with his challenges and he was positioned well uh, before we go, go on about the defense uh, let's let's also talk about the the lineup. So, at the beginning, when the lineups were released, and uh, we saw that Upamecano, Zule, and Nianzu, all of them had made the team sheet. The general reaction was that it could be a back three, but then some of us, the BFW staffers, felt that it could also be Nicholas Zule at the right back position. While Nianzu and Upamecano would be the defensive stalwarts, but boy were we wrong. Nicolas Zula started in the position he's always started this season at left centre-back, while Nianzu started as the RCB with Upamecano at the centre of the defence, as the defensive heart, you can say. And... Uh, a lot of us, including In, shout out to In for his hatred for a three-man backline. I mean, I don't know uh, if it brings success to Bayern, if it's uh, meant for this club, if it fits the club philosophy. But I feel like uh, Nagelsmann has succeeded 
tremendously at RB Leipzig with a three-man backline, and uh, his style of football, a fast, a fast-paced, and uh, a very gritty and uh, smart style of football centers around a three-man backline. I mean, before we pass any judgments, maybe we should give him some time to implement his uh, tactical tweaks and changes. But I have always been of the personal opinion that uh, a three-man backline just doesn't suit Bayern. Bayern are more suited to a four-man backline because of the extra body it affords them in the midfield or in the attack. Having a three-man backline means you either have to sacrifice on the wingers or in the midfield or in the attack and that kind of could affect our offensive production and in this game the first half was just piss poor offensively. I keep ranting about our wingers all the time and uh, this game the first half didn't give me anything to be optimistic about. Leroy Zane and Serge Gnabry were in short shambolic. Zane tried to carry the ball forward and got dispossessed multiple times. Shout out to the Köln defense for doing incredibly well. And Serge Gnabry just couldn't deal with moving forward without being intercepted. He had to stay at the back for most of the game and he was often found in the midfield or in the defense and I feel like he could have done far better in the first half, especially with some final balls. Uh, Lewandowski at a point in the game was really frustrated towards the end of the first half because he tried so hard to get into really good positions and it felt like the wingers were letting him down time and again. So yeah, a very, 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 uh, you can say subpar or poor performance from both the wingers in the first half of the game. Robert Lewandowski, on the other hand, was incredibly active as usual. I mean, it, you probably might get tired of me saying this again and again. He is the best striker one can ask for. He does everything for the team. He initiates the passing sequence in midfield. Then he carries the ball up to the attack. He feeds Zane or Gnabry and he runs to the position where he can get the ball, receive the ball in a good pocket of space and score the goal. So in short, he does everything from midfield to attack, but without good service and without good uh, assistance from his teammates, it's really difficult to do everything for the team. I mean, you can't expect one player to carry the entire team. And I feel like he was really let down by both the midfield and the attack in the first half. A special mention to Chichos, I hope that's how his name is pronounced, uh, of FC Köln and Jorge Mere. So both these defenders, centre-backs, were absolutely stellar in the first half. They sort of pocketed Zani and Gnabry, although, to be fair, it's not very difficult to do that nowadays. Uh, but still, they did a very good job of making sure they always had a man on Lewandowski and uh, Müller's influence was uh, stifled in the first half because of the immense work rate of Köln's defenders. And I'd say Timo Horn, as usual, was brilliant. He made surefire outstanding saves on some goals that, on some potential goals uh, that were 
spectacular to watch and some of them could even get nominated for saves of the month i feel like this was a standout performance for curl's goalkeeper who i feel as i mentioned before is has always been underrated coming to bayern's midfield Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka were just not at their A game in the first half. Like, they didn't bring their best with them. The passing looked really shoddy. They were often caught out of position. And I couldn't believe the number of times Goretzka was caught out dispossessed. Like, it's pretty uncharacteristic of the player. I have never seen him dispossessed this many times in the early stages of a game and he wasn't particularly good with the defensive side of things either with some reckless challenges that could have been called out by the referee. Joshua Kimmich on the other hand was better with his passing but he turned the ball over multiple times and that wasn't very good because Köln got into good positions and counter-attacks when Kimmich gave them the ball essentially sometimes and both of them didn't really have a game to remember or be proud about. I'd say this was especially so in the first half and as a result Goretzka was subbed out in the second half in favor of Corentin Toliso who I'd say was more active this game and offered more which speaks a lot to how Goretzka performed in this game. Alfonso Davies was, I mean, I don't know, he is kind of like an enigma for Bayern at this point. Like, he is incredible going forward and we all know that. We enjoy his offensive production. He is such a joy to watch when he dribbles past defenders and he nutmegged uh, Ezebui like thrice this game or something and he fathered him almost. So it was pretty painful to watch from uh, Ezebui's perspective. And Ezebui tried and you know, held his own for some parts of the game, but I felt like Davies' pace was too much to handle, and it became even more difficult to handle Bayern's left flank after the introduction of Muziala in the second half. And yeah, more on that later. But for now, yeah, Davies was sometimes a liability in defense because he turned the ball over at least five times. I kept count, and yeah, he wasn't great defensively and I feel like this might obviously be a learning curve for him. He's still very young and he has a long way to go and is probably illustrious and you know glorious career up ahead but I feel like since these are early days it's possible that Nagelsmann is giving him free reign over the left flank and that freedom to move forward and maybe that is why he implemented a three-man backline. To me, the backline looked quite fluid. It was a back four at times, a back three at times, sometimes even a back five when all five uh, defensive slash wing players came back to defend. So yeah, I liked what I saw from the defense in terms of, terms of, uh, terms of what, how dynamic it was and you know how fluidly they interchanged. But at the same time, uh, moving on to the second half, uh, we'll talk about how the defense was kind of really bad for a spell of five minutes in uh and at that time they ended up conceding two goals and they just came out of nowhere and that was a big slap to Bayern's face and they had to get their act together to win the game Upamecano as I've said before was impressive his tackling was superb and overall he had a very very uh 
good game, a game to remember. Nyonzu, not really as good. Maybe our worst defender on the night. He gave away the ball multiple times. He just didn't look comfortable in that position. He was out-wrestled by Köln's attack. Antonio Modeste and Mark Uth gave him a very tough time. Florian Kainz was a thorn up Nianzu's side. So I'd say he is still maturing into the centre-back role and I'm not sure if the right centre-back position is the perfect spot for him considering how well he excelled at the left centre-back position, especially against the same team in pre-season because we have already played Köln in pre-season and Nyonzu was incredibly good in that game. Moving on to the second half, I don't know what Nagelsmann said to the players at halftime. I don't know what he injected into, into, their, uh, into them, into their systems. Like, they came into the game roaring in the second half and hats off to the A-star substitutions, Muziala and Stanisic for Nyonzu. Muziala came in and instantly changed the game. He came in for uh, Leroy Zane and he elevated Bayern's attack. Within five minutes of entering the pitch, he already had an assist. And yes, the comparisons to Messi are there. The comparisons to Ribéry are there. And they're pretty justified because when he's dribbling and when he's carrying the ball forward, it's almost impossible to stop him. His pace, his precision and his awareness, his vision to spot players from a distance, they're all unparalleled for a player of his age. And the way he dribbled past his man and fed Lewandowski to slot the ball into an open goal, it was just a thing of beauty. And I feel like that deserves five minutes of its own for you know all Bayern fans to applaud because it was a spectacular piece of skill. And... Uh, Moving on to the rest of the attack, Serge Gnabry, now I don't know what happened to him in the second half, he looked like a different player, like always on the front, always attacking, always getting into good positions and he got a brace and I'd say he kind of deserved that brace based on his performance in the second half. And there's this thing uh, we BFW staffers have, so Chuck site manager who you all know he kind of has this tendency to call out Gnabry when he's performing poorly and that actually ends up having us watch witness Gnabry score a goal or two and win the game for Bayern and trust me on this this has happened multiple times and I feel like Chuck has some sort of secret power you know when it comes to getting players to score like Within moments of him berating Gnabry's performance and, you know, passing some comments, criticizing his style of play, Gnabry had his first goal. And his first goal was orchestrated by the Bayern team as a whole. And it was a really, really good goal. It was a good effort. And he combined really well with Joshua Kimmich. And it was a really nice goal to watch. Uh, I guess Kimmich kick-started the attack and then it was Lewandowski who fed, fed the ball beautifully to Thomas Muller who then sent in a peach of a cross that Gnabry converted. So that was a thing of beauty and 
Maybe 20 or 25 minutes later, Gnabry sent in a rocket of a shot from the outside of his boot into the back of the net and the assist uh, was given to Kimmich and uh, yeah, it was a thing of beauty and I'd like to change my opinion of Gnabry overall in the game. Uh, he really made up for his first half performance with his brilliant second half showing and I feel like I really hope, I sincerely hope that he, this means he's finally got into the groove of scoring goals and his goals are so important to Bayern as they've been in recent times. His uh, goals against Tottenham Hotspurs and Chelsea and Lyon come to mind when I say this and I hope he can recreate this, these performances consistently for Bayern in the coming games. Muziala and Gnabry elevated Bayern's attack in the second half. Thomas Muller was his usual round-doctoring self in the second half as well. He was just great. I mean, he was heavily involved in both the second half goals and I was very impressed. He is getting back to the Muller that we know and love. And Tunisio's introduction in midfield was a welcome change because he breathed new life into what was more or less a dead midfield by the 60th minute or so because Goretzka kind of seemed very and he was his passes were being misplaced and he was just not having a great game so Tolisso came in and changed all that with his direct style of play and his uh, acrobatic uh, skills and his dynamic passing and we've always known that he's good in a box-to-box -box role but he's never really had success in Bayern because of lengthy injury spells but it's possible the way he's playing that maybe Nagelsmann could give him a shot to prove himself or maybe worst case scenario obviously uh, he doesn't do all that great but he still does enough to rise his price tag, uh, make his ri price tag rise a bit so that it'll be easier for us to sell him uh, since there's a few I guess a week or two left in the transfer window so fingers crossed Zabitz has to come here so we should do all it takes to bring the Austrian to Munich. The defense, uh, Stanisic was pretty solid in the second half and he put in some tackles that really impressed me but again his uh, lack of experience kind of showed in some phases of the game when he was caught out of position, when he misplaced passes and sometimes uh, he just tried to clear the ball instead of maybe trying to pass it to one of his teammates to initiate an attack. And yeah, uh, that is kind of to be expected from a young player, a player who has only recently made his jump to the first team but I expect his performances to get better as the season progresses and I feel like he could be a solid right back backup option and even usurp the first team right back role from Pavach if he doesn't come soon to pick his starting role. I feel like that five minute interval when Köln scored their two goals almost the entire Bayern defense was caught ball watching and to be fair though, nothing could be done about Köln's first goal because Jonas Hector's pass, I'm a big Jonas Hector fan and he's always been so solid for Köln and he's 
stood through them, he's been through the team for so many years, he's captained them through relegation, he's brought them back and now they're just roaring in the Bundesliga. This Köln team look incredible. Jonas Hector and the rest of the Köln defense were just impeccable today and his peach of a cross, it was a thing of beauty. I was stunned for a second when I saw that ball go past, circumvent the entire defense and reach the head of Antonio Modeste who just headed in a thunderbolt of a header and Neuer could do nothing about it because it had so much power behind it. So shout out to Jonas Hector for such a thrilling wonderful effort throughout the game he gave us all and he should be really proud of what he did today another player who really impressed me was uh Thielmann. he was so industrious in the midfield and in the wings and he he linked up with mark Uth and uh florian kinds so wonderfully i feel like he could be such an asset for curl moving forward and then came Köln's second goal, minutes later, Mark Uth sending in the ball from a wonderful pass from Kingsley Ezebue, who is one of the fastest players in the Bundesliga and also one of Köln's most skilled players on the flank. When he's dribbling and when he's carrying the ball up, it's pretty difficult to stop him. But we're lucky to have a left back uh, who is capable of doing that in Alfonso Davies. If there's one player who can match Izibue's pace in the Bundesliga, it's Davies, who is the fastest player in the Bundesliga right now. And he was also recorded as the fastest player in the game today. Overall, Bayern's passing was pretty decent with an average passing accuracy of 81%, nothing to be proud of, but it's been worse and it's not that bad considering they made 544 passes, over 150 passes more than FC Köln. And they had an XG of around 2.47 compared to Köln's 0.6 and that speaks a lot to Köln's efficiency. They scored two goals of an XG of 0.6. I mean, that's how efficient they were. While Bayern more or less performed on par with their XG. So, no surprises there. They had more shots. They bossed possession. And they also had more fouls with Bayern fouling four more times. So, a few key takeaways from the game. I'd say our defense is somewhat in a sort of transitional state at the moment so maybe we need to give them a little more time the defenders should get better Upamakano really impressed me he might be getting ready for a starting role in, in, in the first team long term while Niklas Zöhle he had a really good game he was going on really strong up until he got a yellow card for a very reckless challenge it was pretty needless towards the dying moments of the game Alfonso Davies uh wasn't great as a defender, but was really solid going forward. And I would say Josef Stanisic had another, overall, a pretty solid outing. So that's what I think about Bayern's squad as a whole. Manuel Neuer couldn't really do much for Köln's uh, goals. And other than that, he was pretty uh, good 
For the rest of the game, he was his usual self, shouting commands and orders and making sure the back line was intact and, you know, performing well. And his passes were also very good, as usual. So I don't think we need to talk... There's there's a lot to talk about Manuel Neuer because he's Neuer. I mean, it's possible he conceded two goals this game, but he's the kind of person who can change games on his own. And he can't really be blamed much if the defense constantly leaves him to dry. But I think all that will change with uh, the return of Luca Hernandez in a few weeks when he's back and fit to play for Bayern. And I feel like then Bayern's defense will be much stronger than it is right now and we won't be conceding goals of silly set pieces and crosses like we should be much better equipped to deal with those kinds of situations than we are right now i cannot complete this episode without giving a shout out to the entire Köln team who put in such a wonderful performance i am so impressed and i feel like they can definitely end in a mid table or even a top 10 position this season compared to the last three or their uh, bottom three position last season in the Bundesliga and I feel like they're improving and they're looking so good right now their attack is clicking their midfield is awesome their defense is super solid and they're one of the teams to beat in the Bundesliga at the moment I would caution all their future opponents to beware and to take them seriously because if you don't you're going to pay the price like Bayern almost did today. So yeah, that's it for the game. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and stay tuned for more Bundesliga action. Do like, share and subscribe and ensure the support keeps coming. Please let us know what you thought about it in the comments and we'll be back with another episode soon. Also, vielen Dank und auf Wiedersehen.